This week's episode of Drunk Week in Review is brought to you by the letter L for legal brief, mostly so Cody doesn't get us sued. Anyway, here we go. The views and opinions expressed in this show are solely those of the host and do not reflect the official policy or position of the host employers. Any content provided by our host is their opinion and is not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, entity, individual, or anyone or anything. Enjoy the show, y'all. All right, so it's Jame and Cody again, so just for all of us another, just expect that this is going to be us bitching about music yet again. <laughs> yeah, it's it, covers again, but we're uh, flipping it. Yeah, so Aaron's at a concert. We promised you part two of the covers, right? So we did covers that never should have existed, so now we're doing covers that are better than originals. Cause there I'm pretty at- sure you gave Aaron like a half hour crash course on metal, and he just stayed at the Black Album. Yeah, I'm I'm actually kind of <laughs> upset because I was I'm like, pretty sure that's what happened. Because what I wanted to do is like kind of give him a. It's like no tread on me. This rocks. Yeah, I wanted to kind of give him <laughs> the like some other bands that he could go. Oh yeah, so because anybody who spent more than five minutes in or around a military post has heard Enter Sandman. Um, over and over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, you know what? If he likes that stuff, because I mean the the Black Sabbath album he was listening to, and Metallica's Black album. If you crossed and combined those, it would be that Anthrax album. And I was like, yeah. this would be like a good because it's not it's not screaming but it's definitely heavier but it's also fast not thrashy like Metallica is but it's a little bit faster and I was like yeah you know it's just grunge enough to follow um to follow fucking Alice in Chains cuz that album's you know the album I gave him from Anthrax was released in 95 I was like this is perfect and so he just jumps everything. He's like, "Dude, I really like this Black album." I'm like, "All right, anymore, <laughs> like, anymore." Like, dude, you like, pick, you pick the safest choice on the list. Everybody like, likes the Black album. I was like, "Are there any more who are lying about hating the Black album?" Yeah, I mean, I I'm not a Metallica fan, and I will tell you that like the Black album, Master of Puppets, are the two that I'm going to listen to. I'll skip Garage. I mean, I like this <laughs> Black album is an undeniable classic. Um, I think I like their sound more on Master of Puppets and a few of those other early uses, but S and M fucking I, slaps. S and M's a really oh with the good. orchestra, the San Francisco orchestra. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude! With no leaf, <laughs> I remember being no leaf uh, clover. No leaf clover is such a good song. Bro. I remember being thirteen, like I've never heard such an angry tuba in my life. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, he jumped straight to that. He was like, "Thanks for the recommendation." I was like, "Yeah, sure, man." Like, if you really want to wild out. Um, I recommend like the Beatles White Album is another like just obscure one. <laughs> have you heard of your Guns N' Roses Appetite? Appetite for Destruction is like a really good one. You probably need to check out. It's kind of underground. Yeah. Oh, um, here's another underground one for you. Have you heard Thriller by Michael Jackson? Yeah. It might gel well with, with Halloween. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, the fucking. Oh, God damn. 
Uh, sticky, I'm feeling like loose sti- in my chair, man. Like Sticky Fingers, you know. Have you ever heard of the Rolling Stones? Yeah. Check out the Sticky Fingers album, man. So like ACDC had two singers, but I think you really got to jump in on Back in Black. I like just start there. Don't even bother with anything else. That's I mean, if you really I like I guess if you really Actually that re- that it, that would be Aaron to a T because once you get to Bon Scott, any like the thrash that ACDC sort of like had is gone because <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't Bon uh Yeah. Brian Johnson's strength. Yeah. You ever heard of a band? Oh my god. You ever heard of a band he, called Led Zeppelin? No, 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 man. It's spelled L E D. Just check out any of them that have a number in it, like one, two, three, four. <laughs> so, um, one last thing on like Metallica stuff before we actually get into our actual topic. Aaron, we love um, you, by the way. <laughs> so, I've been going back to House of Gains and kind of like doing some different, going back some programming that I liked and just didn't do for a year because I needed a break and just freshen up. Like, you know, I want to go back to that. Like, yeah. So, you know, back in the house of gains a little more. And so I walk in, it's always butt rock. Yeah. Oh yeah. In this 100%. case, in this case, it's a uh, fuel, uh, Metallica fuel. Give me fuel. Give me fire. Give me that. Which I desire. Ooh. I know. And I know those. And that's exactly what I was going to bring up. It's like, I know the words are give me that, which I desire, but I'm pretty sure until well into my thirties, I thought it was essentially yabba dabba do double genocide and i think those are better lyrics <laughs> it's like Jesus. something something double genocide i'm like oh yeah that makes sense i don't know like gasoline you know fighting the iraqis maybe that's what he's getting at but no it's the, the actual words are give me that which i desire i'm like oh fuck i mean genocide was kind of cooler oh man that's yeah, uh, you know, as cool as a genocide so, could be, this, let alone a double one. So my gym, I haven't quite figured out my gym yet, but usually, super, you know, I'm there like four forty-five, five, somewhere between there is when I get to the gym in the morning, um, and it's whatever radio station is playing on in the background, um, and I don't think it's satellite radio because I haven't heard any, I haven't heard any um, DJs talking, uh, and there is a very very slight crossover between whatever is playing on my headphones if I'm listening to rock that day. Uh, some days I'm just like listening to a podcast or I'm, I'm like typically j- I'm I'm on a podcast. Yeah, yeah, jamming out to something else. Um but there's a very small crossover. So the other day I'm in there and I like while my gym podcast is like really, you know, mostly metal uh, a lot of screaming, a lot of core stuff. So, like, it's screaming, singing, lots of breakdowns, cool melodies. Um, every now and then I throw stuff in that is just, you know, it's fun for me. So, like, this one. The uh, Moana soundtrack? No, 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 no. No, like, insert into this playlist. <laughs> uh, so, one of them was uh, the Deftones featuring Maynard James Keenan of Tool. Um, and it oh, was, interesting. It was their song, Passenger. It's a great song. It's, you know, it's very, it's Deftones vibe, and it's got a really, you know, Chino Moreno and Maynard have overlapping sounds in their vocals, so it's, it's kind of cool. And halfway through my set, I had, it was one of those, I think I'd turned the volume down, kind of like I didn't want to focus on the music, so I've turned the volume down, and I'm getting this super weird echo, and I can't figure it out, and I can't figure it out, and I take my headphones off to turn my hat backwards, because uh, I was moving down to uh, pull downs and I didn't want to pop the top of my hat with the bar. So I take my headphones off and I turn it around and that's when I realize that the music over the loudspeaker is Deftones featuring Maynard James Keenan's 
passengers and it's about three seconds behind what's on my headphones. <laughs> and so I was huh. getting just enough overlap that it was throwing me off. And I was like, what I have the a feeling the that? odds that are pretty abysmal. It yet was, there you were. It was obscene. Yeah. Yeah. But you get anything? Yeah. Anything crazy happening before we do this? How many songs are we got to get mm. through? Um, I never followed up on it, but I think Fall Jim Jordan, 14. uh, famous, um, God, who, which sex scandal did he look the other way on? I don't know. The guy who looked the other way on some fucked up shit, Ohio State, is, uh... The Ohio State try- sexual abuse scandal. Yeah. He's, uh, decided that, you know, that, those qualities make him a great speaker of the house. I think he's, a uh, gunning for the job. Apparently, you said Donald Trump is as well, because... No, no, no. So I guess Donald let's, Trump, ba- let's back it up. Donald Trump isn't. Somebody wanted to nominate him. Yeah, yeah, because that's a thing. Like, they don't have to actually be a sitting member of Congress. Apparently. Yes. So to back all this up, uh, law, you know, podcast favorite, uh, Matt Gates. Uh, he, who part of, Kim, Kev, part of Kevin McCarthy's whole uh, deal he struck to get the votes to become Speaker of the House, allowed these fucks to have a rule stating that just one person can uh, incite can call uh, for can, can vote for or can uh, revoke him a, essentially yeah, can initiate a recall yeah initiate a recall on speaker house just takes one person i don't know what it was before i'm sure it wasn't just one so now like it's just one so essentially it's at all times that is a hot seat and kevin mccarthy did whatever deal he did to try to pass a budget yep, to so try to keep the american government functioning that's and key now matt gates and the Freedom Caucus bozos are mad. So the timeline, the timeline effectively goes that September 30th is a Saturday. Um, and on September 30th, uh, Kevin McCarthy, as Speaker of the House, coordinates with the Democrats, uh, whatever, I don't know if it was independent caucuses or just the Democratic Party, to pass a 45-day continuing resolution. Because the Republicans are not like the Republican side of the house just won't vote for it. They just won't support it. Won't support it. Won't support it. Ukraine aid seems to be a big piece of it. They want to dismantle some cuts on, um, they were talking, I'm sorry. They want to do further cuts on, um, there was social whatever programs. Yep. Like so there was talk of like a 70% reduction in certain areas, uh, major cuts to welfare, major cuts to, uh, education, um, stuff like that. So with the support of the Democrats and enough... They should consider cutting the F-35 program, but hey. Maybe. (laughs) And enough moderate Republicans, they get a continuing resolution passed. So it's key that Kevin McCarthy works with the Democrats, right? Kevin McCarthy works with the Democrats. A functioning government would call for such scenarios, yes. Yes, bipartisanship. (laughs) When, like, uh, earlier that week, Monday that week, the Senate with Ted Cruz in it somehow passes a bipartisan continuing resolution and sends it down to the house and the house is like, no, fuck you. This is never going to see the light of day. Um, and then you, <laughs> yeah. Right. So 24 hours after Kevin McCarthy funds the government for 45 more days, Gates is on, um, the Sunday morning shows and he says, I am going to, I am going to initiate a recall. Like I'm going to file papers to recall Kevin McCarthy. Um, we that we're recording on a Wednesday. Paper motions filed, motions filed Monday. 
Yeah, and like effective yesterday, I think, yeah. right? So, uh, yeah, motion is filed Monday. Um, he is, what do you fucking call it? So on October 3rd is when the pro temp. So, yeah, October 3rd, and so he's Tuesday. He's just a body. Yeah. yeah, he's, yeah, got it. During the vote... To remove Kevin McCarthy for working with the Democrats, Matt Gates is voted off the island and forced to stand with the Democrats <laughs> and vote to remove him. Because all, all Democratic members of the House of Representatives voted to remove Kevin McCarthy. Along I feel with, like that's going to end up being a mistake. Along with going. all these people who are mad at Kevin McCarthy working with the Democrats and they worked with the Democrats to remove Kevin McCarthy. Cause on one hand, I think the, the Democrats like, sure. So chaos within your party, whatever, because it, but it, then they all know like it, the, Hakeem Jeffries is their nominee. Hakeem Jeffries is the only nominee the Democrats are ever going to put up during this, during this term. Uh, and they, uh, I listened to, and if you listen to PSA on Tuesday, yeah, they I listened talk- to, I think I listened to Tuesdays, yeah, Monday or Tuesdays, yeah. So the um, the interview on Tuesday, they even said they're like, we took it to fifteen votes with Hakeem Jeffers or Jeffries. We'll take it to sixteen. We'll take it to seventeen. It's like we are organized on our side. We have our candidate. Yeah, on their side, there's a whole lot less of the purity test going on. <laughs> it's it's wild. Yeah, it's, it's like, what it, like on the on the Democrat. I mean, maybe I'm just not tapped into enough because I kind of do arms distance, you know, because I accordion. Sometimes I want to know, sometimes I don't. But I'm pretty sure on the Democrat side, there's not too many like no one's calling each other a dino all the time. No. Like if you disagree on one thing, oh, that's AOC. She's a dino. Yeah. Which oh, that's a good term. Has anyone, no one's using that? No. If they're talking about dinos, it would have been talking about Strom Thurmond before he was replaced I know. by yeah, like him, uh, Joe Lieberman when yeah. he was still in. Yeah, because yeah, I guess they go with the term like Bernie, uh, Blue Dog Democrats or Dixiecrats or some shit. I don't know. Dixie, yeah, Dixiecrats is a whole other thing because that's dinos like, are dinos. Good man, I'm gonna get on Twitter and just call everybody a dino. Yeah. It's like, oh no, you don't tow the party line. You're just, you're a dino. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just wild. Uh, I like to refer to Matt Gates as an Ouroboro, which is the uh, you've seen it. Um, it's the snake that's eating its own tail that consumes itself and kills itself. Uh, I look at him. I look at him more as this human centipede. No, oh. but human centipede from the third one, where it's actually one complete chain. The was it's the compl- yeah that one's called like what the. The, the hum- cycle's completed or some shit. Yeah, so yeah, it's, first it's like sequence. Human Centipede 3, full, sequence. full cycle. It's full sequence. Full sequence. Because you had That's first it. sequence. No, I'm sorry. First sequence, full sequence, final sequence. It's final sequence. I only saw part of the first one, and yeah. I was good. Yeah, I, I have not watched any of them. <laughs> I don't do body horror. Uh, I, The closest I got to body horror would have been um, the fucking Hellraisers. Like Clive Barker, uh, Clive Barker does great body horror. Yeah, I mean that shit's yeah. Uh, it, I assume yeah. If you like metal music, you kind of have to like see a Hellraiser. Those are great movies. I mean, Motorhead did a whole song on it. 
I mean, there's a ba- uh, Ice Nine Kills has released two albums that are every song is themed after a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so that's what's going on in the world. Uh, well, at least you know I say the world. That's what's going on in America currently, because uh, yeah, we're know, politics wise. Oh, yeah, we then, are the center of gravity. Then don't forget uh, today. Everybody's vaccine got activated. So yeah, so, uh, within I, I myself within I'm a trans zombie. Yeah, within I forget how many hours it is. Um, we're all supposed to be dead. Um, Oh fuck! There's a countdown to this. I thought it was just like immediately. No, our shit got activated. Like we're supposed to be dead. Um, and it's so annoying. Like I heard everyone's if, phone in the house go off. Yeah, if it doesn't work, then there's a backup date, and I forget what the backup date was. Like the 17th of October or something like that. Uh, well, I don't know. They, they could stop that shit again. That was during nap time. But yeah, so moving on from here, <laughs> everybody who's vaccinated, um, you were supposed to push. Um, leftist sexual ideologies on every person under the age of 18 um you were only allowed to read leftist propaganda yeah you gotta start being a groomer you have to read uh the book gender queer nine times i think you're actually i think it's actually mandated now well we're we'll get the instructions like now that we're active well the, we'll, the instructions are encoded in our that's what i'm saying dna's yeah, our new our new mrnas yeah so it'll yeah, we'll get the instructions. It told me either read gender queer nine times in front of the Confederate statue on the square. So my instructions were a little bit different because it said I I mandated to take. I my think it's son. tailored. Yeah, because I like I mandated to take my son to uh, drag shows monthly now. Oh, you got the monthly drag show. Yeah, that code. was my, that yeah. was my. That's it may, it maybe because be, I'm in a big. You gay must be community. triple vaxxed then. I'm only double vaxxed. Yeah, I think it's because I'm in a large gay community here in Southern Pines, and there is an abundance of drag shows, and so it's just kind of it's like regionally affected. I think if I moved back to Texas, I have to um, start smoking pot and flying BLM flags. I think that was the yeah, rule. but it, the the pot is out of a penis bong. Yes, that's right. Yeah, fucking yeah. Goes. So that covers that. Eh. Yeah. Um yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. God damn. <laughs> what are we even doing? Who knows? I don't know. This is Aaron's fault. He decided to like Yeah. Okay, let's touch on that and then we will talk about the actual topic. Queens of the Stone Age. Must be nice to be just kid free saying I'm going to a concert on Wednesday night. No shit. Telling us on Monday at like eleven thirty PM or some shit. Oh hey, I just scored tickets to a concert in forty six hours. I'm like what? Yeah, Caitlin, you didn't have to plan, plan this at all. Yeah, Caitlin, were Caitlin and I were. Who's watching your dog? Caitlin and I were <laughs> doing something the other day. Oh, so a couple friends of ours, uh, you met them at the wedding, Dathan and Carrie, but they hit us up and they're like, "Hey guys, do you want to go to dinner on a Friday night?" And and, and they hit us up well advanced, like Tuesday, Wednesday night. Yeah. So Caitlin and I are talking. I was like, man, yeah, I'd love to go to dinner. Wait a minute. Let's see if we can con them into like a Saturday or a Sunday lunch. So we turn them, we I mean, turn that, it back around. That we're just like, all around is less fun. We turn them and we're like, hey, man, do you guys want to do like Sunday lunch? We'll go get, uh, we'll go get Mexican food and margaritas. And it was the first day of football season, um, which mm-hmm. we knew. And I was like, Dathan will be home time for football games. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. Lunch margaritas on a Sunday. And Caitlin and I are over there high-fiving because um, we didn't have to. Our dinner tab 
didn't automatically include plus $40 for a babysitter. <laughs> because because that's the math. We're like, okay, if we go out after 5 p.m., whatever we're doing is automatically plus $40 for somebody to watch our kid. Period. Oh, you're getting... Man, y'all are paying, like, slave wages out in North Carolina. That's for two hours. We're paying $20 an hour. Yay. No, no, but... This is like we put him to sleep, and then we quite literally pay somebody to sit on the couch and use our internet. Oh yeah, so See, twenty dollars an hour to do fuck all for us. Like the sitters, like when we first like would tell people, like, oh yeah, like we need you, we want to go out. So, like yeah, you just gotta sit there and like watch the monitor. Like, well, I want to play with the ba-, like you know because it's like Rachel or something. Yeah. So well, I want to play with the babies. I'm like, oh. Uh, Okay, yeah, you can come earlier if that's actually better for us. I never considered that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's straight up like, okay, and it's usually and it's always somebody who But now helps if a, anyone else enter, enters the home, the kids get real fucking squirrely and like run to us like, "No, don't leave," because oh they God. associate someone coming over in the afternoon with us leaving. Oh. No. <laughs> Dude, they're, that's they're, why they're like, really they're really smart. So we just have, and it's always like the farmhands. Um, so either one of the two girls that works for us, or we have uh, one of our clients' daughters, who um, who's always like, oh, yeah. looking for some extra. It's probably like a rotating crop of like fourteen-year-olds yeah. who need the extra money to buy tack room shit. Yeah, and it's perfect. And we're just like, hey, you know, come over. Uh, we'll put them down around six thirty. Uh, we'll be back sometime around if they have their own car. We'll be like, uh, we'll be back somewhere between eight thirty nine. If they don't have their own vehicle, be like, what time is your mom coming to pick you up? And we'll just tailor our date around what time your parents want to pick you up. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's yeah we con them in because we're like, oh yeah, lunch. We'll just take them with us because we know how to time this shit. Where we either do it right when he wakes up and we get a full hour and a half of him, or we've gotten good at we know we can make him fall asleep in the car, put his soundproof headphones on, and he'll sleep all the way through lunch. We don't have to worry about it. Oh, man. Even, like, tonight, I cannot get our, cannot get my kids to wear fucking headphones. They Like, like eh, no. Try so hard. Because, like, I don't know if you saw when you're getting on, like, I had the, the Google meetup. I did. Up. Yeah, I saw that. I was like... Okay, he's on. Like where? And then you logged off. And went, what the fuck is? Because <laughs> I turned it on. Because uh, like, I had Connor on my lap. I was like, "Oh, do you want to see what I, I'm setting everything up?" I was like, "Oh, do you want to see what I do here?" He's like, "Yeah, all right." So like, open the laptop. I like turn on the thing like, just so like he can see like me and him in it. So I'm like, "All right, now talk in here." So I think I have something recorded. I will try not to upload. I don't care. I can, I can <laughs> chop box. it all. I can chop it all. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, it's gone. <laughs> He's like, like he wouldn't talk in the microphone, putting the headphones. I'm like, all right, man, we're done here. <laughs> cool, enjoyed it. Yeah. So, yeah. Aaron, um, I guess enjoy Aaron going to must be nice. Queens I hope Maddie gets pregnant tonight. Yeah, Queens of the Stone Age. Uh, and, but you know, unless Dave Grohl's drumming for him like he did on the first album, then who cares? I don't know. I think we need. I think Aaron is getting anchored down. I hope Maddie gets pregnant tonight. That's right. But you know what they say: you can't get pregnant by having sex with her sister. I don't think she has a sister. I don't know. Well, then, but hopefully he doesn't get. Hopefully he doesn't get her brother pregnant. Then 
Yeah. All right. Should we I move mean, on to the meat and potatoes? If he enjoys Thanksgiving at their house, then I guess that's a solid move. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Just stay invited. Okay. Uh, meat and potatoes of this. Here we go. Um, we're just doing it. Uh, we have 14 songs by 28 different artists. Unlike last time, we're not going to spend 30 minutes talking about the first two songs and then glance through everything. So we're going to give ourselves a little bit of a timer here. But we can do this, Cody. I believe in us. Right. I mean, I didn't listen to that episode, so I don't know how good or bad it was. I know that we ended really close to two hours, um, and I think we can scrub 14 songs in uh, about 60 minutes. So I believe in us. We can (laughs) do this. We can do this. You're talking like four minutes a song. Uh, Maybe long. Who knows? But do you have the playlist pulled up? I do. All right. Uh, It's It's on the left arm of my new chair. Perfect. Do you have it? I'm sure it's sorted by custom order. I have your order set up. Perfect. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, actually, it's uh, I like one lady and one gentleman, and then random listeners out there. So, uh, Dad, Aaron, couldn't tell you, couldn't tell you what metrics are these days. Probably abysmal. I mean, I could tell you what they are, but uh, Cody, get us started off. So, in somehow, I I was able to do the skin. It's going to alternate. Uh, one song for you, one song for me, and I think that I nailed the last song. I think that is the ultimate, like, way better. Um, it was song number one, and it got moved all the way down to the bottom. But I think oh my I god, I, I keep like scrolling down and like, what the fuck? This makes no sense. But it's just recommended songs. Like, okay, we're yeah, back, yeah. we're back. So I think those last, I think that last song is like the epitome of, um, yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. Okay. But um, yeah, yeah. Take so these are covers that are better than the original, and I feel like damn near all of these are kind of ir- well. No, there are some of these are absolutely refutable, but we'll get there. All right. So it, same same thing. Um, kind of defi- like as you go through because there are songs where I went the original fucking sucks and at least you made a song that's better, and then there's songs where I was like the original slams. And then you just took it to a whole other level, and then there's songs I was like, oh, the original was missing this, and because you added it, it made it better. So just kind of qualify whatever your choice was. Yeah, so I think the first one's me, and it's... I mean, this is a no-brainer. All on the Watchtower is a song written by Bob Dylan. Many people do not fucking know that. (laughs) And that tells you exactly all you know about why Jimi Hendrix's version of All Along the Watchtower is the definitive version of it. Like, it, I sincerely hope Bob Dylan doesn't even try to play this in concert. It'd be terrible. So, if you Google All Along the Watchtower, um, the Wikipedia art, or the Wikipedia article obviously says song by American singer-songwriter. However, the first video is Jimmy. Probably Jimi Hendrix lighting his fucking guitar on fire to it or some shit. Well, yeah. it's the, like the official audio, right? People yeah. also and search I really for... enjoy this song. Um, like, you know, I think my favorite time to listen to this song is usually at night driving in a truck and just like, you got to be kind of out in the country and just kind of see the stars, which sounds weird for a rock and roll song, right? But 
I think it adds something to it because as a, you know, if you're solo, listen to this song. It almost feels like a sci-fi space. Like, okay, here's a good example. So I, and I think uh, Stephen King leans in on this in the Dark Tower series. I'm pretty sure in a few, at least one, probably maybe Dark Tower itself. This lyric is like, um, or is it a stand? What Stephen King used this song and it to good good effect, at least in the stand of the Dark the Watchtower? Tower. All yeah, yeah. So like, in it's in, like a quote from it. So and and like is, uses it's like in, a it's like in an like, intro to you know sometimes it's like a quote and then there's book, the it's in book seven if I'm not mistaken yeah. it's in book seven the song that is used now when I say book seven that's book seven of the Dark Tower series right um, and that's what I thought okay but. Throughout the Dark Tower series, the prevailing song is "Hey Jude." Yes, it is used to effect. So, yeah. but uh, I mean, the, but he does he he does reference this song, and I remember reading the reading, like, oh my god, yeah, this whole thing is straight up all like this entire series, which is sort of like a sci-fi fantasy opera. Well, so it's actually it fits. when I was buying it when I bought book it fits. three, book four. So book one is written whenever in the 80s, book two, book three. When I catch up to it in the 90s, I'm like, I'm current with them. Um, I think Wolves yeah. of the Kala is the one that I was buying. Uh, that's like my, that's high school for me. Yeah. So probably 2002 or three. Something yeah. like that. Like I'm catching up with it. Um, and I went to Barnes and Noble in Round Rock to get this. Um, and it was actually in the Westerns. Um, is yeah. Because it's, if you open I mean, up the book jacket, it was classified as a sci-fi Western. It, that makes complete sense, and I really see Jimi Hendrix's version of All Along the Watchtower as a fucking sci-fi western epic. It, if they had added that as the theme song for the Dark Tower, um, the seven books <laughs> they crammed, or the first four books they crammed into ninety minutes, that, which is that only excuse, only excusable because Idris Elba plays such a fucking good Roland. He would have been good if the right right person was at hell. Matthew Gagne could have been a good Randall Flag or whatever you want to call it's him. The Man in Black. First of all, the Man, man in Black, Black fled yes. across the desert, and the Gunslinger followed. Of course, but then like he becomes like fucking Richard Farnson, all sorts of other people. Yeah. Um, the yeah, point. The point uh, is. Bad. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah this no, song yeah. It, it fits all that. Like I think it's incredible. Bob Dylan, I'm pretty sure, just said like, "Yeah, yeah, I, I can, I can't do that," <laughs> and that's fine. There's, I mean, there's songwriters, there's performers. Uh, you know, Jimmy did Little Wing, and Little Wing is one of like the, it's recognized in the top 500 of greatest songs of all times um, by Rolling Stone. Um, and so, you know, he has the ability to, to, to just play he do his own guitar. thing. Sure, um, you know. Bob Dylan is if you put God, could you imagine like a Bob Dylan Jimi Hendrix band? Oh man, just like especially considering just having Jimmy or have Bob write Jimmy lyrics to fucking wail on that'd be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Have that partnership for twenty years or some shit before they uh, break up because of infidelities on each other's wives and cocaine feuds. Yeah. That'd be it. Just been sick like that. Bob Dylan never would have went boring and Christian, probably because he'd just be on too too many psychedelics. How many times have we mentioned Dylan in the last? We, there was like three Dylan songs who got fucked up by people trying to cover him, and I think this is the only Dylan. Well, when you're such a prolific 
song song uh, singer songwriter there's going to be people who are bound to try out your shit much like uh like the beatles hate not hate you but uh to do to do come together god no god damn it the, the other one imagine um, well imagine's not beatles but yesterday's yeah yesterday's that yesterday yeah um, yesterday's is a guns rose yesterday has been done by hundreds of artists but so like you can't really count those you have to count like the covers that really went for it like like no no we want you guys to see this yeah yeah because there's lots of motley crew doing anarchy anarchy in the uk (laughs) shit like that yeah there's tons of i mean any of these songs on this list you could in fact like mad world um well i mean there's we're gonna get to songs uh but there's lots of songs that as we talk about it, you type it in, you're like, oh, there's 15 covers of this, of course. Yeah, like you Spotify, like, oh, wow, everyone, uh, I think shit, Wonderwall has been done fucking yeah. a million times. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get to, and it, when we, I think when we're talking about this, it's not, uh, it's, it's not easier to do has, it a million times if it's acoustic. Yeah. It's not somebody who has 500 plays on Spotify that's doing this. It's, uh, I don't. That know. would just feel mean and cruel to go after those guys. Yeah, it, it's like, it, you know, it's Jimi Hendrix doing a cover. Um, it's we're any, not going to make fun of Laura Trump's version of "I Won't Back Down" on this podcast. No, because um, anything's better <laughs> than who the bon, fuck anything's cares? better than Bon Jovi. So, um, well, or that's no, fucking well, Tom, Tom Petty. Petty anything's better than Tom Petty. Did I say Bon Jovi? I don't know why. I was looking at fucking. Oh, because oh, Bon. I forgot. I forgot you don't like Tom Petty. It's so weird. I, I don't know. It's just average. It's like liking Bird Springsteen. You're like, eh. I like both those things. I know because it's just I'm like just... it's '80s pop music that like that care that I can't think of it that wanders around as rock music for the time. Because yeah, people... it's like my parents just put in like a bottle for me and I like suckled on the tit. Yeah, because you're like, oh, this is rock music, and you're like, nope, this was not what was happening in 1989 because Metallica was releasing albums and this is what was on the radio. <laughs> Well, a lot of things were happening in 1989. The wall came down in 1980. Mr. Gorbachev turned Where, Where's wall. fucking Roger Waters when that happened? Oh. All right, let's move on. Su- sucking Putin's dick somewhere. That's right. He's waiting in, behind, waiting in line behind Elon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, my pick. A, oh, God, Elon's probably like 12 at the time. I don't even think about that. He was working in his dad's emerald mind, which he maintains never existed. Um, okay, here's the deal with this one. Cody. Yeah, you better fucking put some stipulations here. All right, so I've got Fallout Boy featuring John Mayer covering Beat It, covering Michael Jackson's Beat It. And this is why. As the better version. As the better version. And this is why Michael Jackson's Beat It is an incredible song. It's an incredible song. With an Eddie Van Halen riff. Perfect. It's just super lethargic. Like, it is... God, it is almost there. Um, And it just... It's super... It needs, like, another 30 beats per minute. And that's what Fall Out Boy gave it. Like, Fall Out Boy gave it the energy of the West Side Story street gang fight in the alley um their and, version is more urgent i will give it that yeah and that's and that's why they took a great song and they just tweaked it 
just enough to match for me to match what the song is conveying the the song you know the song is talking about you know for me michael jackson is talking to some kid who meets on the street who's trying to be a, a fucking punk or trying to be a gangster and he's like son you don't want any of this smoke like you're not trying to see blood you're not trying you know hey you want to do this you you want to be a man no you don't be it. a macho man yeah just beat it right and that's what he's doing. But the song just kind of lilts. Like, it just, it needs a little something extra. And when you hear the Fallout Boy version and you hear, like, that sick solo in the middle of it, coupled with the super enthusiastic highs of the vocals, like, it just gives it that enough energy that you really get the sense of, like, of a street fight that's about to happen. You know, this... This is the street fight scene in um, The Outsiders where Pony Boy gets stabbed. Oh, God. Such a good movie. Uh, such a good movie. And book. There you go. And book. There and you book. Go. So that's anytime I hear Beat It, I think The Outsiders, right? I, th- I, I, I just see Patrick Swayze getting. Well, not Patrick Swayze getting stabbed. Who the fuck gets stabbed? Uh, Pony Boy was played by a young. Um, he's playing one of the so Estevez's. How? I thought it was one of the Estevez's. Oh, is it Emilio? No, Emilio's not Pony Boy. He's uh, the guy with the Mickey Mouse shirt. Uh, it's Rob Lowe. No, Rob Lowe's Soda Pop. Pony Boy is C. Thomas Howell. Yeah. Or and then Johnny. Played is by one. C. Thomas Howell and J.R. Ferguson. Yeah, then Johnny is Ralph Macchio. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, Johnny Fuck. Cade is okay. Macho. Let's stop the let's stop the pod and let's just live watch that instead. Because <laughs> that's such a good one. But anyway, so when I think beat it, I'm thinking the Outsiders. Okay, okay, yeah, all right. And and I'm thinking that like titular titular uh, fight scene is it, it's right by the railroad track, right? It's like the socialists say they want to rumble. Yeah, it's like a junkyard backyard. It's, it's thing. junkyard, and then they retreat to their shack by that's down by. And it rains, which is poetic. Yeah, well, I think it only rains in the movie, though. I don't have to go back yeah. and read this now. Uh, anyway, irregardlessly, um, <laughs> this is one of those that like the uh, Fallout Boy just gave it that little bit of oomph. They they tweaked it just a little bit and pushed it over the edge. On top of that, the music video fucking slams. Um, just go back and watch the music because the music video is watch that. fucking sick. Uh, there's a whole dojo scene. Yeah, because scene. the Michael Jackson music video is just like him dancing in a pool hall. You're like, okay, I right? could right. And so there is well, there's the there's the dance fight. You're like, come on, we could have had like right. So you get the West Side Story, you get the here. Outsiders, and if it just had a little bit faster. Which is what Fallout Boy gives it. You go, fuck yeah, like yep, got it. That's my uh, that's my we'll justification. You were you were all over my dick about this one, and I think if you just- well, I just lean so hard on the fact that it is a Eddie Van Halen guitar solo and a Michael Jackson song, and that I just got is it. fucking mind boggling. And I got it, but you know, um, Eddie Van Halen also produced Wolfgang Wolfgang Van Halen, who produces mediocre rock music um, on his dad's name, so. Well, he, you know, it's called Mammoth. In case you want to hear it, it's called Mammoth WVH, which stands for Mammoth Wolfgang Van Halen. That's his band's name, Mammoth WVH, and it's 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 uh, it's mid. 
you know, so there's a um, there's a line in the movie "Get him to the Cre- get him to the Greek," <laughs> where he tells them that all your talent came from the tip of my cock, <laughs> and that's probably how Eddie Hale- Eddie Van Halen feels about his son. Yeah, you already burned the Laura Trump because I was like, oh, there's so much nepotism there. That's a really weird one too. I well, it's not his kid; it's his wife. It's his son's wife. Yeah, it's still nepotism. It is, just not in the same way. It's nepotism adjacent. Uh, and I couldn't it's figure like, out. I listened to that song. Uh, to, I listened to that uh, song twice this morning. I in did the too, because it fucking re- <laughs> it repeated. I'm like, no! no <laughs> it's going to fuck my algorithm. No, I, I uh, on purpose, listened to it twice just to try to figure out if that's the way she sounds because she's from North Carolina. <laughs> I was or wondering. If, or if that was an attempt at a country accent in singing. And I couldn't figure like, out what it was. It's like, is this put on? Is this her? I've never heard her talk. I don't know. Yeah. No. It's, <laughs> I, I will say, t- this gives you fuel for your uh, Tom Petty, you know, mehness. Yeah. I was like, oh. She kind of says his lyrics in a more understandable way than he does. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's, that's the lyric? Oh, this, okay, cool. This goes back to that, uh, uh, to the fucking uh, Five Finger Death Punch and Brantley Gilbert. Like, whose song is this? Because it's kind of interchangeable at this point. <laughs> oh, God, Laura. Is Lara or Laura? I'm going to go with Lara. I go Lara. Yeah. Lara. I don't know. Laura. I don't know. You're up next. Yeah. So the next one, I kind of put it out there just to see if, like, JM would just bristle and he's like no no that's fine no, no, so, no. because jokes on me because i read an article after this song just blew up involving and the it orig- did. involving the original artist and that's why i let it go i think i heard this song 30 times on the on the cruise i was on yeah <laughs> like it was they played the fuck out of a song on the carnival vista yeah this song being originally sung by tracy chapman this would be fast car which is an incredibly written song. Like, this song will, by the end of it, leaves you absolutely fucking gutted. You're like, oh no, her life got to be so sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sucks. Like, it's a great song that makes you feel. It makes you feel. And uh, Luke Combs, I'm, you know, I'm my wife likes him. I can tolerate him. I don't think he's incredible by any far stretch. There's some songs that I can jam to. But, you know, yeah, that I feel. I think we feel the same way about him. He, like he's fine. Yeah, it's. I can I can listen to him and not feel he's, guilty. It's he's not the not, same as like Mor- he, It's not Morgan Wallen. Or I'm like, oh god, I feel dumb. He's not Casey Donahue. <laughs> he's not Aaron. He's got a great voice for what he does. Um, yeah, I, he's. I mean, he's the goddamn biggest thing. He's the closest thing to a Garth Brooks we've had in a while. Ooh, well, hold on a second, Jamie Johnson. What? Wait, you think that? Wait, wait, okay, let's. I guess let's just let's think, qualify. Think let's about qualify what? Your okay, Luke so Combs. my interpretation of Garth Brooks is a no, showman, like a wholesome... not a songwriter. Oh, a showman, not a songwriter. Oh, like what about a performer? What about Stapleton then? I've never like. You, uh, I think Stapleton's you, much bigger. You think Stapleton's bigger than Luke Combs? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, once once all those once all those suburban like suburban Luke, people like, that have a pair of cowboy boots, they bust out on Saturday nights to go to their oh yeah, no, those guys parachute. Like yeah, well, those same guys like they're like 
slightly bluer collar friends are like, oh no, I love Cody Jinks, which I like, like Cody dude, Jinks. You just, just like guys with beards. I like Cody not Jinks. you, but other, like those guys. <laughs> I, so anyhow, I, Luke the, Combs the, version of Fast Car. The reason I didn't is the reason super I didn't fucking good veto and this. it's super popular and it has every reason to be so the reason i didn't veto this is because tracy chapman in an interview with billboard says i never expected to find myself on the country charts but i'm honored to be there i'm happy for luke and his success and grateful that new fans have found and embraced fast car so anytime the original artist comes out and is like you fucking nailed it kid and like you're bringing me props because no, of I was it, gonna, like just gonna say dope. like there's gotta be at least some some new fast car money for old Tracy. Yeah. So I mean, anytime the original artist is like, yes, got it. Uh, yeah. That's why I would I don't disqualify because I'm like, yeah, the original yeah. artist. If the original artist is like, yeah. Um, again, there's like uh, Huey Huey Lewis and the is it Huey Lewis and the Newsboys? Is that right? The, the news, just the Huey. News. Okay, so Huey Lewis and the News, right? So they do. Um, the scene from American Psycho, right, where uh, Patrick Bates hits the guy. Patrick Bateman. Which about Bateman. I was thinking Bates Motel. Patrick Bateman um, hits Paul in the head with the axe and kills him in the living room, right? And he's talking all about Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> His new album, I think, Sport. Yeah. And he has the song Hip to Be, was it Hip to Be Cool? or Hip, hip, to, hip, hip to Be, be Square. square. He has, hey, he's playing the song Hip to Be Square, right? So that metal band I talked about, um, fucking Ice Nine Kills, they do a song based on American Psycho. And in the middle of their song, they they fucking do, like, not a metal version of it. The band plays, like, Huey chord, style. For, chord for chord, they play a part, a part of it that's hip to be square. And okay, that's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. But because they just fucking played a portion of the song, they had to send it to Huey Lewis and get permission to do it. So they send him the full song, and they're like, hey, by the way, the middle of this is where we sampled your shit. Um, and so they send him this metal song, and he Huey kicks Lewis it. Huey Lewis had him like, and uh, he, and he kicks it's fine. It, he kicks it back, and he's like, oh, my God, that's fucking incredible. Of course you can use my song. Yes. That's, that's actually please super do cool. it. So yeah, anytime the original artist like this gives like gives you props on what you did, you nailed it. And that's why I would never veto this one. And that's only because I'd seen this article right when it blew up. Okay, and so it says Einstein kills What's the song? Ice I'll do American Psycho. Ice Nice Ice Nine Kills. Oh, Ice Nine Kills. Okay, I found what I need. Okay, we're good. Um, so one it's called hip, It's called Hip to Be Scared. What you just said about using a part of a song and, like, getting the okay. Yeah. So I remember being really excited. Are you there? Yeah. It's Something your, weird just happened on my end. Yeah, it's your internet. You're good. Did you're you good. hear that? Yeah, no, you froze. You're good. <laughs> that was insane. Um, yeah, so there's a, I, don't, I can't remember what year, but it was Jay-Z was putting out an album, and they teased out that he got the rights to use Smells Like Teen Spirit in a song. And I'm like, oh, fuck, cool. It's going to be like... Uh, 
you know, some like sort of like a mashup of rock, sort of like 99 Problems was. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's this song. Like, it's this one of Justin Timberlake. And I'm like, okay, what? What? No, what? No, no, no. <laughs> and so Jay-Z paid who knows how much money to get the rights from Courtney Love, probably, to use... To let Justin Timberlake sing Smells Like Teen Spirit, like the here we are now, entertain us part and some other shit. I was like, what? What a fucking waste of money and licensing rights to hear Justin Timberlake sing a Nirvana lyric. It's beautiful. I, I was really hoping they were going to like take like uh, the riff from teens, you know, that song or some shit. I was like. What a fucking waste. This is so stupid. I thought we were about to go down the uh, Jay-Z DJ Danger Mouse of uh, the unauthorized Grey album that he did. Grey album is fucking so cool. So that was DJ Danger Mouse, who is the other really? half of Gnarls Barkley along with CeeLo Green. Yeah. Well, he ends up being he ends up being a producer for like the Black Keys and a few other folks. Like, yeah. He so he's, really he's a big dude. Pivoting off of that. Yeah. He's yeah. a big dude. Uh, MF Doom is one of his people. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, that's a dope one. Anyhow, it's just that was my aside on that one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next one. Next one. Next one. Next one. Uh, this one's a little bit. This one's a little bit harder. Um, this one makes the most sense. I've got to say because I listened to the original. Like, well, this was fucking terrible. Yeah. So this is a little <laughs> bit harder. Um, this is Whiskey in the Jar as covered by Metallica, originally done as an Irish traditional song. So this is just a traditional Irish folk song. And um, so I've only heard the Metallica version, so I heard the Irish traditional, I'm like, uh... <laughs> okay, yeah, and this is a, like, a lot of people don't understand that this is a cover. Um, but this song dates back to the 1600s. Dates back to the mid 1600s. Oh, the dear. like the the original famous um, the original famous version is by the Dubliners in 1968, and it's a traditional folk song. Uh, so we are taking a traditional Irish ballad. We're doing um, a modern release of it in 1968. And then Metallica is going to cover it. The reason that I'm going to say that this counts as a cover is because once it, like, once somebody recorded it, recorded it and started making money off of it, and Metallica covered it, they nailed it. They just, yeah. they just fucking nailed it. Um, and this goes in line with what you said. Like, I've only ever heard this as Metallica. Now, granted, we're Americans and we think we're the center of the universe. Um, in Ireland, it may, be a total, it may be a totally different thing where the Irish know it as, like, a traditional song. And they think the Metallica oh, yeah. version. We sing that song at me wedding. Yeah. Uh, that was a terrible, terrible fucking accent. I'm um, really stuffed up. But, yes, that was bad. Yeah. Uh, there's Jerry Garcia does a cover of it. Um, the Dubliners, Thin Lizzy does a cover of it. And then that's like Thin Lizzy is where Metallica takes its inspiration. They go, okay, we can do it. That makes sense. I was like, where the fuck do these guys get this from? Yeah. Okay. That makes um, sense. So 19, 1958, there's a 62, 62, 62, 64, 68. Like everybody and their mother, Brian Adams did it in 2019. Um, 
El Cuarteto de Nos, uh, Habla Tu Espejo. In 2014, there's a Spanish version called like Whiskey. In, yeah, Whiskey in Uruguay. In Uruguay. <laughs> Whiskey in El Jaro. Yeah. Um, Celtic Thunder, Blackguards, Johnny. So nobody other than. Celtic like, Thunder should either be. Oh, Jerry Garcia a, did it two years before Metallica. The Pogues did it in 1990. Pogues makes sense. Um, yeah, so like that's kind of where we're at with this one. I just think the. Uh, the Celtic Thunder should be a very heavy set. Celtic Thunder? Like Irish stripper. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, there's lots of covers of this. The, the only acceptable one is Metallica. They released yeah, it right after. Oh, they fucking released it right after another cover. Do you want to guess what that cover was? Turn the page. Turn the page. So, Turn the Page released in 1998 as a single. Whiskey in the Jar released in 1999 as a single. Yeah, so for me, I think Metallica's version of Turn the Page, the first one I remember hearing... But I think I definitely stand. It's good, but I think Bob Seger's is better. The fucking saxophone. <laughs> saxophone. <laughs> it's such a lonesome saxophone. <laughs> you know, Metallica could not do that. <laughs> well, they, they tried to do they, it. They tried to replicate it. But their it version really. isn't so bad. It belonged on the other list we had. No. It just didn't have saxophone. If they had done Turn the Page <laughs> on the S&M album. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Turn you know. Let me hear an angry saxophone. Yeah. All right, you're up. I'm okay, gonna, next one is for all my Donnie Darko heads out there. You know who you are. Yeah, all you out there. That's actually a that one's considered a cult classic because it was such a flop. Which is weird because I don't know anyone who's never seen that movie. That's a great but I didn't movie. see it, I didn't see it in theaters, so I guess. You know, that makes sense because Donnie Darko is one of those like one girl said, hey, we should all watch this. We're like, OK, you have boobs. We should watch this. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, fuck, this was great. That's kind of like and how then I you got, tell a friend. That's kind of how I it's got like, into uh, fucking uh, Boondock Saints. Yes, uh, I watched Boondock Saints because down the street from me, there's two puerto rican twins like oh you gotta listen to this you gotta watch you gotta watch this movie i'm like okay like i hadn't heard of it i don't know how they heard it but they they, yeah so we watched boondock saints yeah boondock saints donnie darko i think van wilder was sort of like that too like one one person's parents let them see it so like they told everyone else about van wilder very similar at least like those are on the same time of coming out ish but yeah, so all you Donnie Darkoites out there are familiar with Gary Jules' version of Mad World. And if you're not familiar with it from that, you're all you would know it from that uh Gears of War commercial. Yep. Yep, hundred percent. All yeah. around. So me it's like slow mo giant guys fighting aliens. Faces. Yeah. Yeah. So Gary Jules, he took Tears for Fears version of Mad World and just fucking knocked out of the park. I would say it absolutely shits on Tears for Fears version of it. It's a good song, like well written. Like it's there's a reason why folks gravitate towards it. But I would call Gary Jules version the different Donnie Darko really fucking good. One that you can compare to. <laughs> it's gonna sound. Let me let me get this right. <laughs> Hold on. There we go. <laughs> 
So there is a <laughs> the movie Shrek. Yes. <laughs> the Shrek soundtrack. They, I think it's Rufus Wainwright takes uh, Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah and fucking crush it as well There's but a, th- i gotta send you a podcast on that but um, multiple people do that song really well there, so, so there's I, a revisionist history there's a malcolm gladwell episode of revisionist history all on that song and that is one of the most interesting uh podcasts i've ever listened to okay about nobody has ever gotten that song right they all have like that one point of the song that nailed it yeah, like I, Rufus Rainwhite's is super fucking good. I like Leonard Cohen's version. I like Jeff so Buckley's from my, version. From my understanding, the Leonard Cohen version is like is understood to be the version of it, but yeah. it doesn't even start there. Like Malcolm goes into this whole background of how it starts There's, in like a cafe in New York at this time, and yeah. It's, oh, what? Yeah, no. There's there's huh. there's a whole like it. There's whole renditions of this that existed before Leonard Cohen does this, from my understanding. Sort of like uh, Whack and Wheel, I guess, because Whack and Wheel existed as pieces of a Bob Dylan's or Bob Dylan or Woody Guthrie. Uh, Bob no, it's Dylan. Dylan. It's Dylan. Yeah, Bob Dylan. Yeah, so the piece of it exists is like a Bob Dylan song that never comes fully formed until uh, Old Crow does it. Yeah, it. There's a whole album. Uh, Wilco does a whole album of pieces of woody guthrie songs and one of them is a song called california stars maybe it's jeff and it's buckley. one of the most beautiful things i've ever heard in my fucking life okay that's what it is so jeff buckley jeff buckley is the the one that everybody thinks of yeah so here it is and they go into yes it. so I, cohen, I would say jeff buckley's version of it is the one like everybody knows of. leonard cohen did it but then Jeff Buckley did like nineteen ninety uh, so, something. Yeah, and Buckley just does it and crushed it. Kale's version inspired a recording by Jeff Buckley that yeah, in nineteen ninety four. But here's the issue is so, I could be making this up, but I think he dies of AIDS or something. Yeah. Cohen Cohen is reputed to have written as many as hundred and eighty verses for this. Um and every like everybody's is different. It's just what it, the it's fuck? A, he drowned in the Mississippi River? I got it. I'm gonna send you this episode by uh, the of revisionist history by Malcolm Gladwell, so you can listen to it because it's one of the most interesting, uh, like musical breakdowns ever. Huh. Yeah, I'm super looking forward to listening to that tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. It's a good one. All right, this one's gonna break my dad's heart, um, but I maintain it. I maintain it. So in 1969, The Who released one of the greatest rock operas or of ever. Um, I almost bought this album on Tommy? Sunday at, uh, at Half Price Books because it was like 16 bucks. Yeah. So Tommy, like the, the, just a fucking immaculate album. Uh, the movie is the movie is one of the best. I would put Tommy up against. Ooh. Ooh, this is dangerous. Whew. I would put Tommy up against Pink Floyd's The Wall as far as rock operas go. Wow. Maybe just because, I don't know. I think for me, I've heard more songs off of The Wall than Tommy. Yeah. Well, what's dope about, so they take the album that's recorded in 1969, and then 1975, they release a movie. Um. 
And that movie fucking slaps, especially because, so Pete Townsend writes all these songs. Um, the Who are, you know, they're, they're great. They're, they're The Who. Uh, but... I mean, they are one of the best bands to ever write songs for CSI intros. That's right. And then you turn around to the movie, and they hand off all their songs to just fucking legends. You have Tina Turner singing. Huh. You have Eric Clapton singing. Um, and then, by far, I think the best cover out of all of them is Elton John's version of Pinball Wizard. Um, it, it just... Elton John's performance, it just takes it to a whole other level of... I don't know how to explain it. I just... There's songs Jack that... Nicholson's in this? <laughs> are you looking up the... Have you never seen Tommy? No. Oh, you need to. So, you need to listen to the album and then go watch the movie to understand, like, why it's so good. I just so good. stole a pre-roll joint from my mom's house, so yeah. All right. Yeah, why it's such a fucking phenomenal... Um, song the album is great the movie is just incredible and then the fact that again you have you have Elton John Tina Turner Eric Clapton Jack Nicholson um, you have like all the re-recordings of this stuff is so good um, it's classic it's so, iconic I maintain sorry, that the Elton John I'm, ver- I'm version is better Brittany try to lift this cart full of candle making supplies out of here Candle making, huh? Oh yeah, that's right. Because oh. Georgetown got rid of the candle factory. No, she's a uh, she's a Chandler now. I, I guess I haven't brought this up on the pod yet, but this she makes candles on the reg. She like does the wax, her own scents. She's good. Oh my god. She just be, she just does science in her kitchen. Oh my god. It's it's you know it's hey, incredible. No. no. Sorry. So. I think I will watch Tommy. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page and I can't believe any of these sentences exist in the same order that they are. And I've got to see this now. Yeah. I, I just can't believe you've never seen it. Uh, it is, where can I watch it? Uh, prime video, Apple looks like, uh, they're all pay. So spend the, spend the $4 on prime and watch it. It's, it's great. It's fucking great. See? I watched uh, the first 30 minutes of the 1931 Frankenstein last night. Okay. It definitely, it's still early movie days. You can tell that they're just essentially filming a play. But yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, uh, so the next one, you actually got the order incorrect, but it's, that's okay. Oh, did I? Sorry. I don't, so I don't know this song. Oh, I know who Guttermouth is, but I just don't know this song. Um, and then I listened to it, and I was like, well, both of these songs suck, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, like, this one's more of a, a, like, weird find. Like, so the song is called Sexual Abuse, originally by some band called St. Madness, but then done better, in my opinion, by Guttermouth. I know who Guttermouth is. And they're not, it's not a, I'm not telling you. This is a top one million song. <laughs> but. It's just a good, I mean, the whole like punk goes metal. The punk goes crunk is a really good one when you have. Uh, <laughs> That's kind of what I was going to get at is. So I don't know where. So 
this punk goes metal album this comes off of it was recorded like a year or so after this original version like so it's like 97 98 original 99 for pump punk goes metal but punk goes metal that album had like dynamite boy covering tnt yeah so this is the day of LimeWire, Kazaa, Napster. So it's like, okay, cool. I like TNT by Dynamite Boy. What else is punk goes metal? And like some song, called, some, called, some song called Sexual Abuse comes like, well, I've got to hear that. I mean, I put it on. I'm like, holy shit. What is this? This is insane. Like, I don't know. Yeah, so this is, a, this is like the height of the punk goes because this is after the first oh, one. Is, yeah. The first one is punk goes acoustic and then you have punk goes acoustic two. And then they start like deep diving where they have punk goes pop, punk, punk goes, goes pop. metal, punk goes, or punk goes crunk. I think punk goes pop has like nine fucking volumes. Like they get into like Britney Spears songs, oh, all 100%. sorts of shit. The the punk goes 90s. Yeah, they, like it just spins off. This is the, this is the punk version of... Uh, now that's what I call music. Yeah, I I really <laughs> I, don't know, I really enjoy this song. That's all I got. And but if you listen to the ver- the version by Saint Madness, you're like, okay, well, clearly Guttermouth is the better version. Yeah, they were both terrible. Um, I do want to listen. Really now I do want to listen to Jughead's Revenge doing Talk Dirty to Me and see if that's any good. <laughs> I mean, the original's bad, but I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Talk Dirty. Like, Poison is a terrible band, but I like them. I just now I need to listen to this Link AD Harvester of Sorrow. Um, I I would say listen to everything on there. Like I no I think no no because I I mean I remember. I just I find it interesting that you try to cover Metallica. Like Harvester yeah. of Sorrow is a Metallica song, and I just don't know a punk band because the idea is punk goes metal is like you're trying to make a punk version of a metal song but Harvester of Sorrow is is this old it's thrash on, Metallica yeah this is on Injustice for yeah, All yeah so that one's kind of hard to do a punk take on when it's already thrash because thrash is essentially metal's way of acknowledging that punk existed yeah and this is ni- I mean it's 1988 Metallica, this is Injustice for All, right? There's only, yeah. I think there's only one album before this, and that's Ride the Lightning. Um, <laughs> so. Oh, man, I really want to hear Newfound Glorious. Heaven isn't too far away right now. Yeah, I just, I think that's really brave. Decisions were made there, and somebody did not tell somebody no. Uh, I mean, think of. I'm sorry, kill all these. All these bands were like just swinging. I mean, yeah, so you have none of these all. guys are still relative today. You have Kill 'Em All was the first. So there was two albums before this: Kill 'Em All, and then Ride the Lightning, and then Injustice for All, uh, or I guess Master of Puppets. Anyway, fucking daring. Good job on you. Uh, very daring to do. <sighs> AFI. Miss- oh my god. Okay, I think you're up. I had nothing else to say. I just really wanted yeah. other people to hear this song. No, yeah, don't <laughs> don't anybody listen to it. Uh, it's good. This one's kind of a glance over too. Um, Dwight Yoakam, long black or long white Cadillac covering the Blasters. Long white Cadillac. Do you know that was a cover? I didn't know it was a cover. I do vaguely know what the Blasters are. It's a cowpunk band. They're up there with like Jason the Scorcher stuff like that. Yeah. Um, 
it, Dwight Yoakam has just got this really good sound to it. Uh, there, yeah, like the blasters are on the edge of that. Um, Cowpunks is fun. Like I could get cowpunk. Yeah, paint. they're they're on the they're on the edge of like that rockabilly scene, uh, which is there's like the perfect crossover with Dwight Yoakam because he's like about as country as you can get in a rockabilly scene. There's you know him and like, you not Dwight Yoakam's not too far from like um, Dale. Um, from Dale's no uh, fucking Dale Watson yeah Dale Watson right like you can see there's not too much of a difference you you could you could stretch Dwight Yoakam into Dale Watson right um, and I think which is funny because Dale Watson looks like Marty Stewart in a way yeah uh, it just you know Dave Alvin is a guy who's recommended by the Blasters and Dave Alvin is the one who writes um, oh, Dave Allen's good yeah Dave Alvin's one of our one of our uh like the Harlan County line, King California, those are always really good songs. Those are good and they're all in the mysterious justified. Mm-hmm. Uh by the way, uh King of Tulsa soundtrack, you need to listen to it because I've been st- I just started watching King of Tulsa and I heard that it's a good show. That soundtrack fucking slaps. I mean episode one, they've got Marcus King's uh Whiskey River. Um in that song. Well, yeah. That song just No, I mean Tulsa I mean Tulsa's you fucking throw a a rock in the area. He had a good musician. Yeah, so um, not terrible. Yeah, so uh, just Long White Cadillac, good song. Uh, Dwight Yoakam fucking nailed it. Like, I don't know what it is. Uh, Dwight Yoakam just put that little extra oomph in it. Uh, love it. You're up. Yeah, so this next one is Anybody Going to San Antonio, first done by Charlie Pride. You know, I had some issues with this one, I'm not going to lie. That's okay. Uh, have at it. I, I like Charlie Pride's version. It's a good song. I, I really enjoy it. I think it has a lot of history, especially as I, could, I don't know if I'm right or wrong. This one, I believe he's the first major black country artist. Uh, he's the first, like, yeah, mainstream. There's other people. Yeah, mainstream. There's other, there's, That's what I mean. There's I, other I say people, major, right? I mean mainstream, like straight up. Like, he is a country music black superstar in this late sixties, early seventies, yeah, because Charlie Pride, because all the black people that were, again, all the black people that did Elvis's songs that don't get credit, um, yeah, but he's on were... he, he's on the heels of like um, the rock and roll scene at the time. The guys that are touring with Johnny Cash, um, the yeah, I could totally see Charlie Br- Pride being a guy who paid his dues way longer he had to than finally just fucking like broke through. Yeah, um, you got fucking who's doing? Um, fucking who does great balls of fire? Why can't I think of his name? Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah, so like Jerry Lee Lewis is not too far removed from what Charlie Pride's doing. It's just Charlie Pride has that. Well, Charlie trip. Pride, if I'm not mistaken, also spent like a shitload of time playing baseball. Oh, did he? That's dope. Yeah, I've definitely read that somewhere. Like he was in the Negro Leagues, and I could say that because that's what it was called. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So the, I mean, Jerry Lee Lewis is doing his thing in rock and roll, and then Charlie well, Jerry Pride Lewis is, is also marrying twelve-year-olds. So well, I mean, so was so was fucking Mick um, Jagger probably. Oh no, I was thinking of um, Woody Allen. Was it Woody oh, Allen? God. Well, he's gross. Yeah. Was it Woody Anyhow, um, yeah. I, so this is a good song. It's a. Uh, I mean, I, he does well. It's, I mean, he didn't write it. Charlie Pride didn't write anything. It's fine. But this is definitely one of his signature songs, along with, like, Kiss Angel, Good Morning. Yeah. But I think Doug Somm heard it, and he's like, you know what? 
that is actually a little more of our. Oh yeah. Because sorry, he played for the Texas Memphis Red Tor- Sox and Birmingham Black Barons. So Texas Tornadoes are a blend of a. I'm a bit of a nerd. Not this one, yeah. So the tornadoes gets the tornadoes gets really fucking weird because are we going to do the Mavericks, or are we just going to do the Texas Tornadoes, or are we just going to? Well, do... the Mavericks are a different band. Are they? Yes, the Mavericks are a different band. The Mavericks are from from Miami. So there is a crossover, though, right? I mean, they might. Did Flaco Jimenez play for the Mavericks? Uh, he has. Yep. That's and that's the like they're all you do is bring me down. Yep. Uh, yeah. Oh, fucking Raul Malo is part of the Mavericks. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah, the Mavericks are an underrated fucking band. Yeah. No, I love Raul. Malo. But that's neither here nor there. So Tex Tornadoes, they take this. Um, Doug Som hears the Beatles, and he thinks it sounds just like Tejano. Like it's the same beat and shit. And so he's like, you know what? I'm gonna write. Tejano Beatles songs as a white guy. It's what he does. It, and that's and that is Doug Somm's band. And then Doug Somm takes that same vibe and creates like a Texas supergroup in the Tex Tornadoes where he gets Flaco Menez, Augie uh did, 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 not Augie Myers. Coach Augie, Augie Myers. Myers, yeah, Caritas is, is t- uh, Texas baseball coach. Yeah. So and, and, Fra- and, and don't forget Freddie Fender. And Freddie, oh god, yeah, that actually really fucked up to Freddy not bring Fender. in Freddie Fender. So, yeah, the, so he makes this crazy ass um, super group in the Texas Tornadoes, and I just like their version better. It's more fun. No, it's like a party song. Hundred percent agree. Um, I mean, if we want to talk like history, the history of do you know why Tejano sounds the way Tejano sounds? Um, so you go back to got uh, the Germans coming over with go, their yeah, accordions. Yeah, yeah, you go back to European migration and the reason that the border, the the Texas border music, Cajunto uh, or Tejano, or Cajunto, yeah, yeah, Cajunto is what, um, if I'm not mistaken, Cajunto is the like all Spanish version of Tejano. So Texas tornadoes kind of fall into the Tejano version over where Cajunto is more the uh, the Mexican version of it. Tejano is like the Texas version of it. There's a little bit of discrepancy. But yeah, it comes from it comes from the Czechs and the German settlers who settled the Rio Grande Valley all the way up to the hill country um, and just like grossly populate everything between Corpus Christi and Brownsville um, and South Padre Island on like all the way through the RGV up to there and then they commingle uh, before the Germans, you know, were all about not commingling. They were commingling with the Mexicans, and they introduced the accordion and the Oktoberfest polka-style music that everybody associates with Bavaria into the traditional uh, Mexican music, and the guitar... They just fucking took off of that. And, like, there's just this awesome party scene that develops in uh, the valley, and we get Tejano music and Cujunto music and just everything that's great. Texas Tornadoes fucking slammed them. Like, Great band. Yeah. I, <laughs> I've seen like the latest variation of them out in Trilingua. So it's Doug Som's son, Doug Som Jr. Yeah. And had the privilege of seeing a damn near Dracula like uh, Flacco Menace. It's like he's kind of hosting. Flacco hosts a um, accordion competition every year in the RGV. 
Oh, that's super cool. Yeah, I, I just remember it because I saw some like twelve year old kid won it one year. Uh, but it's yeah, like he's it, definitely on his last legs, but he's still alive, and that's pretty fucking cool in itself. Yeah. Uh, Norteño, they call it Norteño music. I will always remember it as a uh, cuento. He's eighty. Yeah, I saw he's him. He's like eighty. That's crazy. I mean, I saw Willie last year or two years ago, and it like no, you shouldn't do it. I, I saw Willie like 15 years ago and I was like, I don't have to do that again. Yeah. (laughs) Gotta see him once. I get it. If he's still alive. All right. Moving on, moving on, moving on. Um, All right. This one's easy. Honestly, this one's easy. And the reason this is easy is because it doesn't take a whole lot to cover a song that's just spoken in a whisper in the first place. So (laughs) this is Conquer Divide's uh, cover of Billie Eilish's Bad Guy. I I went through and I scrubbed a lot of like hard rock metal uh, metal adjacent hard rock. Otherwise, it could just been a whole lot of punk goes pop shit. Yeah, I mean, I could like I could have made this whole thing out of fucking um, like Taylor Swift's Taylor Swift getting covered by uh, who does who does the cover of. There's a really good metal cover, um, and I'm blanking on the name right now. Anyway, but the reason this one makes the list is, one, because Billie Eilish just whisper talks through her whole song. Um, and I think, I think that's what she does in general. I think it is. I don't know enough of her music. So I hear Conquer Divide on Sirius XM years ago. Uh, in fact, right when we started the Pretty Little Liars podcast, or Pretty Little Loggers podcast. Um, and I was super stoked about it. And then I heard it was a cover, and I was like, oh, let me go listen to the original. Because when I hear a song's a cover, I want to know how yeah. the original sounds. Like, let me do a little compare contrast. And I heard it, and I went, oh, my God, how does this girl make millions of dollars every year whispering into a microphone? Um, so that's why this is the occasion that uh, Billie Eilish's bad guy should have never been made in the first place. And I applaud anybody who put any kind of musical talent behind it and decided to sing the song uh, I'm sure <laughs> there's other covers out there that don't involve screaming um, but if you go listen to Billie Eilish's original and there's a whole breakdown where she just whispers like this and then there's no beat cause I'm wearing your cologne cause I'm wearing your cologne and then you get to Conquer Divide who's like actually put some ass behind it um, and decides that they're going to sing the song so yes Nailed it. Good one. Billie Eilish. I don't get it. Yeah. Um, she wears big clothes? Not anymore, she doesn't. Oh, okay, good for her. Yeah, she's apparently um, a very blessed individual. Oh, yeah. Smart. Yeah. But that was the reason that she wore big clothes, is so nobody knew that she was... Um, um, very smart. Smart. Okay, good lots, for her. Lots of intelligence. Uh, well, you know, I'm a man like smart women. I get it. <laughs> so, speaking of smart women, we have a group of smart women. I, I, I vehemently disagree with this one, but yeah. <laughs> what? No. Yes. <laughs> so JM disagrees that. Christina Aguilera, Little Kim, Maya, and Pink did not do Lady Marmalade better than Patti LaBelle. No. No. 
they did. Name Patti me LaBelle, name me Patti one. Bell doesn't rap about the movie she's starring in. Name me one other song by Maya. Oh, um, 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 I, I don't know, but I used to skate to it. Okay, let me explain that the number one Angel song, of Mine. No, yes, uh, no, that's Monica. That's Monica. So, <laughs> number one song by Maya is Lady Marmalade with three hundred eighty-one million, three hundred eighty-one point seven million listens. The next song is Case of the X. What you, uh, what you gonna do at seventy million? She has man. One, she has one song. I don't, I don't think I know any of those songs. Why is she? Fa- oh, I mean, she was good looking. I guess there's that. I was like, why was she famous? And then you turn it around, and uh, Lady Marmalade isn't even in. Oh, there it is. Yeah, it's in Pink's top ten, uh, but it's number nine. You actually have to hit the see more button. I mean, Pink has put out a bunch of fucking albums, and fucking some of those songs are better than others. Poor little Kim. Uh, that's little Kim's number one. Uh, her next, uh, the same amount of plays because they're all gonna be. The oh, same. okay. She was. She did the vocals on Ghetto Superstar, so she's only good at collabs. She's not a solo artist. Who, little Kim? Or no, Maya? No, Maya. Maya. Yeah. Yeah, so again, 381.7 for Little Kim. Uh, Magic Stick would have been the next one, you know. Guess oh, what? Also, a uh, she did a track on the Rugrats album. Christina Aguilera's top five, like there's one that's at 1.2 billion. She's a talent, um, though. There's one that's almost a God bill. And then you have another one that's half a mil, and then uh, two more that are fucking, yeah. So like at least... No, I, I go ahead and explain it. Go ahead and explain it. You gave me Michael Jackson. Go ahead and explain why this one's so much better. Because Lil Kim raps in it. Is that that's it? That's your entire vulture. That's your entire justification <laughs> for this song. Dude, that's what I'm going on, man. It's good. No, no, <laughs> no. That one doesn't count. What? No, that that is a fun song. Yeah, it's fun. It is not better. I mean, Patti Bell wasn't in stockings in her music video. All right. Well, so, upon a burning body, and let I, John Mayer hold on dress second. sexy, and I'll give you beat it. Upon a burning body does a with ice tea does a cover of Turn Down for What? That the whole I'm reason, interested. Yeah, uh, that it is straight metal with ice tea rapping the chorus. So, a Turn Down for What famously has no lyrics except for. Turned down for what? And so, upon a burning body, invents lyrics for the entire song, and then Ice T raps then I, about. That's not even a cover of it. That's a reinvention. Yeah, right. And that has more justification than just because Little Kim rapped on it. <laughs> I don't care. That's down. Fuck you. I, it's better. Fuck you. Rage Against the Machines. How I could just kill a man covering Cypress Hills. How I could just kill a man. Uh, I'm a big fan of Cypress Hill. Big fan of Cypress Hill. They're good. Big fan of Cypress Hill. Uh, Not a big fan. But Zach Delaroca. Not a big fan of late 80s, early 90s rap. um, Have you ever seen Donald Glover's stand-up where he talks about 80s rap? No. Okay, you need to. So you need to watch Donald Glover's stand-up where they talk about 80s rap because he's like, I don't understand rap in the 80s. Because the whole thing is like, I went to the store to get my hat, and I got to the store, and I bought my hat. And now I got my hat, <laughs> and I'm walking down the block, 
and don't mess with me or you might get shot. And that's like that's, 80s. That's kind of boys in the hood. Right? It's it's like <laughs> fucking 80s music. Uh, How I Could Just Kill a Man needs to be a heavy, like it needs some ass behind it. If you look at Cypress Hill off of Skull and Bones um, or anything post Skull and Bones, they like they fucking got it. Even anything off like Dr. Green Thumb, um, the Temples of Boom, they, they nail some shit. Uh, Black Sunday has Insane in the Brain, Hits from the Bong. Um, Tequila Sunrise is a great one. Again, Temples of Boom has just got some shit. And I don't know what happened on their first album. Um, How I Could Just Kill a Man, Zach De La Rocha and the boys from Rage Against the Machine just put Yeah, they, they take kind of like a hokey day in the life, yeah. like you said, late 80s rap song and like add some fucking and this, fire to it. This whole album is covers. Right, the whole album yeah. is covers. Um, so you have the Renegades of Funk. Renegades of like Funk that. is just a fucking jam. They covered Dylan's Ghost, uh, Ghost of Tom Joad. Dude, that's like a that's like a toss up. That's so fucking good. They cover Maggie's Farm. Um, yeah, and that cover of Maggie's Farm fucking slams too. They do. Did they do kick out the jams? They did kick out the jams. Yeah, they do Pistol Grip Pump. Um, there's so many good ones, but this this cover of How I Could Just Kill a Man is by far the best version of uh, of uh, fucking that song. It's just covered all kinds of fucking Dylan. I, all right, sorry, I was going through and I couldn't remember who did Maggie's Farm, and they just they was Dylan too. <laughs> like Dylan, you're getting your shit ruined. Well, Costa Dom Jode is a Bruce Springsteen song. Is it? Yeah. Originally? Yes. Oh, 1,000% that was a Bruce Springsteen okay. song. I thought because it sounded good and was like deep and meaningful, I could have sworn no. that was a Dylan song. You only know Radio Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen is the greatest songwriter of all fucking time. Okay, so he just can't play music. He just can't write good music. He, he doesn't good, make music that you like. He writes good lyrics. He just sucks at music. He okay. really leans into the saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is. It is uh, spawned a film version which inspired Woody Guthrie to pen the ballad of Tom Joad. Okay. All right, so there you go. Bruce Springsteen Sucks. cribbed some shit off of Woody Guthrie, which no, yeah, no, 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 Guthrie, enough. Guthrie, Guthrie uh, jumped that one and was like, "Hey, I'm gonna write this song called Ballad of Tom Joan." Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. So the next one, oh, excuse me. This is yeah. I mean, like these last two are the the best best examples of covers that drew, just fucking nailed it. Yeah, because the Rhythmics version is uh, okay. I should I should slow down. The next song is Sweet Dreams Are Made of This. Not these. First, not these. Sweet Dreams Are Made of This. Sweet yeah. Dreams Are Made of This. So this would be originally done by Rhythmix. That's with Annie Lennox. Uh, you know, 80s song. Everyone's heard this fucking song. It's it, it's everywhere. Uh, if you've seen fucking American Pie 2, Stifler dances to it in a gay bar. It's great. Yeah. And then you have... Marilyn Manson's take on Sweet Dreams Made of This, and he took an already great song 
And I think one of the biggest stipulations of this is did the artists make it uniquely their own in a good way? And Marilyn Manson absolutely did. He added a menace. He added a ferocity. That's key right there. Yeah. He added those things to this song, which he took. I mean, he took what was he turned into a fucking living nightmare. Well, he took what was <laughs> goth rock, you know, like goth rock in the eighties. Um, so whatever you want to consider goth rock, um, and these guys, you know, the Eurythmics are kind of bordering on that with their sounds, and he turned it into he turned it into that like dungeon grimy goth sound uh, yeah like, you feel dirty and ashamed for listening to his version oh you, this but also really enjoy it so yeah i mean you're watching the crow and this song could just play on repeat in the background as the soundtrack good way of putting it yeah i mean and that, Marilyn manson does a lot of covers like that's kind of one of his things this is and I mean, it he likes to take something and sort of well not all the time but in this case I would say he perverts it some although I should look at the lyrics of Sweet Dreams Are Made of This and figure out if Annie Lennox was doing the whole thing in tongue in cheek anyways but I mean right up this just, was right up this is uh, Orgy's Blue Oct uh, Blue Monday Blue Monday Blue Monday I f- would. Yeah, is that the song that we said could have been either one? Yeah, you're like, ooh, this is such a good, because it's so close. But the difference is, like, Orgy has, the only difference between Orgy and the original is the guitars are just heavier. It's heavier, that's it. Whereas the Marilyn Manson version of this, you feel dirty listening to it. Yeah, like you really feel disgusting. Like, but it's so good. Know, like, it's such a good you know version. he recorded in so, like the fucking most disgusting recording studio in like Gainesville, Florida, with roaches and old pizza and probably cough syrup. I mean, this is <laughs> this is right. The this t- is I before mean, his first big one, so he's still like on the up. I think it's his first uh, release. Um, but isn't this when he is... This is before Antichrist Superstar. I know that. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. This is his first album, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Sweet Dreams is 1995 off Smells Like Children. Yeah. Um, and so what... Mo- th- and this has been used... Like, both versions have been done to death in movies. By no... This one's been fucking done in plenty of movies, too. I That I couldn't tell you. Um, I mean, it, it's... Here we go. I pulled it up because I was like, I know it's done. Haunted Hill. House on. I knew it was done. Yeah, House on Haunted Hill. Like that terrible version of that. Yeah, Gamer. Trick or Treat. Yeah, okay. Remember that. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Trick or Treat and House on Haunted Hill. Yeah. So anytime you just want like a new metal thing going on in your horror movie, this is a good one to lean on. God, whose daughter did he date for the longest time? Elvis's? Uh, yep, that's right. He dated uh, not Lana. Let's. It wasn't Marie Presley. I think he dated Marie Presley forever. No, that might have been Nick Cage. Uh, I'm pulling up. There's an iconic picture that I just so. Oh, Apparently. Rose McGowan. No, he dated Rose McGowan. That's what I was thinking of. 
He dated Rosamund yeah. Gowan. For, I mean, God, I mean, for you and I both growing up, you only watched the VMAs for like five years there just to find out what he was going to do. Like, what was he going to wear? What was he going to look like? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, there's the iconic picture of him showing up with Rose McGowan where she is in the... Basically uh, wearing strings? It's the dress. Like, it's just (laughs) the Rose McGowan dress, and everybody knows exactly what it is. Yeah, it's just a series of connected strings. Very thin strings. All right, take us home. Okay, the iconic... The one that we mentioned, um, the one that we mentioned his name in the last episode, but this one right here, Me and Bobby McGee, done by Janis Joplin, originally written by Chris Christopherson. Um, so Chris, it, first of all, uh, Cody, if you haven't seen the PBS documentary on country music through the decades, you need to, um, Specifically, the whole like forty-five minute segment on Chris Christopherson is incredible. Okay, just find it somewhere and get the whole like through the decades on country music. Um, and they talk about Chris. You know, the uh, the opening line is what is it? Uh, broke down in broke down in. Oh God damn it! I gotta look it up. Uh, the opening line is is where. <laughs> The opening line is what's happening um, as Chris Christopherson's writing it, right? So you're broke down in, yeah, busted flat in Baton Rouge, waiting on a train. It's quite literally, he was driving back from, like, California to Nashville or Texas to Nashville, something along those lines, and is passing through Baton Rouge. I don't know why you're on I-10 going to Nashville, but he breaks down. He's stuck in the fucking rain, and he starts writing this in his car. Like, starts writing this song in his car. Gets back, and if I'm not mistaken, he has is no longer a janitor for the record label at this point. Um, this is after he was, like, an Army Ranger that went to Vietnam. Uh, I, I thought he was Air Force. Mm-mm. He was a Rhodes Scholar. That's He was a Rhodes went Scholar. Went to Ranger yeah. School. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I don't think he's an actual deployed ranger, but he's, he had a ranger tab. Okay, he was tabbed. Um, so this whole this whole fucking song happens, right? Um, and then basically, there's there's really cool there's a really cool history behind it. Um, so he writes it, and he uh, Roger Miller does it. Oh, so, okay. I I can't see that at all. Yep. So Roger Miller does it. King of the road, Roger Miller. Dang me. Dang me. Whistle stop. Can't go roller skating in a buffalo field. Whistle stop from uh, fucking uh, Robin Hood soundtrack, Disney's Robin Hood soundtrack. (laughs) Roger Miller. So, God damn it, another aside. So I I started watching that movie, The Kids, a couple months back. I'm like, I know this voice. What the? Who the fuck is the the, the narrator? Yeah, it's Roger. So Miller. I look at him. I was like, he's the rooster. I'm trying to, ex- I'm trying to explain to Brittany like, how on what fucking planet? How much drugs were they on when they decided like, hey, we have this whole take on Robin Hood set in England with animals, but we're gonna have Roger Miller in it as the rooster, right? <laughs> the, with as his the u- rooster and the narrator with his ukulele. 
Oodle Lolly, Oodle Roger Miller, he's singing along. He's singing everything. He's like, everything. Oodle Lolly is, is <laughs> I think he did the whole soundtrack. Um, it's incredible. Yeah. Fucking Roger it's Miller like, is just, Roger Miller is a gift. No, he's God. great. He is, barn, he's fantastic. He's another Tom T. He's see. another Tom T. Hall. So yeah, he originally does uh, Me and Bobby McGee. The fun Which part is good, of the fun. Chris Crofton needed a fucking paycheck at that yeah. point. Janis Joplin records this. It doesn't release until after she's dead. Oh. It's released posthumously. Pos- posthumously? Posthumously. Yeah. Posthumously. I can't I can't critique you on this one. Yeah, I think it's posthumously. I can't remember what it is. It's released after she's died. Whew. Um and thank God she did it. Otherwise we would have to hear him sing it or Roger Miller sing it. Yeah, and you're like, oh man, those those just aren't their songs. Because that has like that song has some range in it, and I love me some Roger Miller, but I don't think Roger Miller quite has that range. I don't think he has range. I think he just has Roger Miller. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's all he's got. Uh, yeah, there, it's really cool. Like I said, check out the uh, PBS um, country music through the decades because they've got some really strange shit in there. Like, um, oh the fucking DJ for Al, uh, Mojo Nixon. Mojo Nixon's mentioned in that. Uh, okay. You, did, did you know Mojo Nixon was one of the uh, Koopas in the live action Mario and from like the early 90s? He, I think I actually did know that. Yeah, he's one of the mushroom guys. Mojo Nixon is a character. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I think I think me and Bobby McGee is the penultimate uh, nailed it Nobody even knows, for the most part, that Roger Miller <laughs> sang this song originally, <laughs> written by Chris no. Christopherson. <laughs> I, I think plenty of folks know Chris Christopherson wrote it, but nobody considers it to be his song. Yeah, so like Roger Miller is the original recording of it, and then at some point the studio head's like, hey, Chris, you, you have to sing this song. I'm going to make you sing this. <laughs> uh, because there there's a point where... Christopherson is he's gone from sweeping the closets at who was it RCA Columbia but so he's sleeping is there he's, is there any song that Chris Christopherson has written that somebody else didn't do better I mean Sunday morning coming down mm. you don't like Johnny Cash but you know that is the better version well yeah I mean you he's know honestly seven and still honestly the, my God. the high women uh, version of the Highwayman is not terrible. Um, I don't know. That, that's a good one. Um, because he he fucking yeah. I I don't know. His I just know that this song is like a pivotal point because it was one of the first ones he wrote uh, at Columbia when because I think he he just like straight up walked up to Johnny Cash and was like here. There's some, like, yeah, fucking... I just remember him being a janitor at Columbia after being a fucking pilot. <laughs> he wasn't a pilot. Yeah, he... He taught fucking yeah, English... Yeah, he was a helicopter pilot. Yeah, he was a pilot, and then he goes on to teach English lit at West Point. And he's like, you know what? Officer pay Fuck is this. too good for me. I'm going to go sweep closets at fucking Columbia Records in Nashville. So I mean, my... 
he's a fucking Rhodesville scholar, Rhodes scholar. So he, he just was too smart for any of this shit. Anyways, <laughs> there's there's so many articles about and and that's one of those. I'm gonna find I'm gonna find all these links and send it to you because there's a whole person there's there's an interview with somebody during the Christopherson bit of this PBS special where they break down they read a set of his lyrics and then they go back and they go do you even understand what I just read like do you understand what he said in this because it may just sound like words but if we were to break this down it's so intricate and every single word has a specific place and a specific meaning that if you were to move one it would ruin the whole thing it's art uh, yeah. I'm gonna watch this oh did you find it no, I'm gonna have to watch it. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Um, yeah. So that's and there, our. And there's like ten years where he was considered the sexiest man in the world. It was it about the time that he was in Roadhouse. Was he? No, 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 Sam no, Elliott. No, Sam Elliott. No, what? what, what movie? <laughs> he was in Blade. Blade. That's what I'm thinking of. Another another gray hair. I mean, he's probably like guy. sixty, and he was pretty hot then too. Yeah, another gray haired white guy. Him. Oh, so uh, the whole PBS, it's country music documentary. It's the whole thing is on Amazon Prime Video. So add that to your watch list. Oh, um, yeah. And the way it goes is it's like basically the beginnings through nineteen thirty three, and then they kind of take it like ten years at a time: thirty three to forty five, forty five to fifty three, fifty three to sixty three. 64 to 68. This is we're getting into Merle Haggard. Um, and then 68 to 72, Will the Circle Be Unbroken? A country music draws artists to Nashville. Chris Christopherson sets lyrical standard. Bob Dylan and the Birds. Um, so episode six is the one you really want to get into. So basically it's from the beginning all the way to 1966. It's on right. Amazon Prime. Uh, if you just want to see the Christopherson one, it's episode six. Will the circle be unbroken? I probably just watched Dolphin Tale and Dolphin Tale Two, which he also started. We started watching Bluey, and he loves the intro. Hates the oh, show. Bluey. Hates the show, but the intro is captivating. Bluey is good. Yeah. Uh, all right, socials. Socials. Is that what we're doing? I don't know. Watch Bluey instead. Yeah. Socials. Uh, drunk Week Review at gmail.com for the old school listeners. Pretty little logger at gmail.com. Instagram at Drunk Week Review. Facebook.com slash Drunk Week Review on X. The platform for me, known as Twitter at DWIR Podcast. DWR, yeah. Uh, threads, yeah, sure. I think we still have that. Uh, elections, North Carolina. If you're in North Carolina on the 10th, Durham Municipal Primary. And Raleigh, Charlotte, Charlotte Municipal Primary Runoff, Massachusetts, October 10th, Special Primary Election for State Senate, Worcester, and Hampshire Districts. And that's it for, oh, no, 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 uh, Oklahoma, Special Election, State Senate, District 32, and in Brownville, Nebraska, there's a recall election. There you go. All you folks in Brownville, Nebraska, get out there. That's right. Uh, I think that's it. Closing thoughts. That's it. Closing arguments. Mm. Yeah. So listen to these songs and uh, be sure to tell JM that Lady Marmalade was done better with Little Kim. Garbage. Take us home. <laughs> That's all I got. 
save a thing. Good night, and we love you. Good night, we love you. <laughs> <laughs>